Oh God, you have been our help in ages past and our hope for years to come. You have been our shelter from the stormy blast, our eternal home, and the maker of your beloved child, Liz Beale Kidd. May your words be a light on our path and fill us with a comfort, peace, and joy greater than words can express. In the name of God, our Creator, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer. Amen. Amen. Good morning, St. Luke's. This morning, it is with a heavy heart that I share with you that director of our children, youth, and family ministry for two and a half years here, Liz Beale Kidd, died suddenly yesterday. Yesterday, as I took in one more death, one more loss, one more cross for this parish community. Like many of you, I found myself crying out like the psalmist, How long, O Lord? A psalm attributed to David, and like David, some of you overburdened adults may sometimes feel now, struggling youth may sometimes feel like asking God, will you forget me forever? How long will we have to bear a season of grief? Liz, a daughter, a sister, a wife, and mother, so full of life, gone today, is hard for us to take in. I spoke with so many of you yesterday, and I heard the shock in your voice as to how could this creative spirit, queen of fun, with energy on steroids, that won her the envy of peers, who made our kids smile with her, with her trademark, yay, <laughs> could have left us so soon. She was a child at heart and prided herself in bringing play to ministry, reminding of us of God as playful. She could fall into a wackiness of getting her family to dress in all kinds of costumes and staff members here with varying degrees of success. I stand and mourn with our youth here and throughout the diocese in farewell to our sister. This morning in our sadness, our hearts can be made glad 
that she gave us her gift of joy for which we can be eternally grateful. Now let us pause in a moment of silence and thanksgiving for her life, holding her kids, Bobby, Elias, Charlotte, her husband Joel, her brothers, and Mother Becky, in a silent prayer that they may not be overwhelmed by their loss, but have confidence in God's love and goodness and strength to meet the days to come. Amen. While all my sermons are for everyone, I'm especially holding our children and youth in this sermon today. In this time of our collective grief that has worn us down, we turn toward this place, this house of worship, again and again, Sunday after Sunday, to be grounded by our faith, to be comforted by what we have believed and our forebears have believed that have kept us. So today I invite you to come once again to that place that will hold you. We turn toward a place where the people Hold us in prayer in this community. Many of you have come and told me how you are praying for me as I pray for you. Prayers that I feel from you. This is the church. This is why our faith is so important. Especially in times like these. It's what we have said a lot in the past two years that we are praying for each other. They are words that comfort us. And our readings today point to our words. They tell us that God speaks to us in the midst of our pain and our suffering, and that each of you are cared for by a God who promises never to leave us alone, even when it feels lonely. And God speaks sometimes through prophets, teachers, leaders, children, that God has not forgotten us. God makes God's presence known in our midst all the time. God is trying to comfort us through these times that we're facing. We just have to be observant opening our minds, our eyes, and our ears of how God is speaking to us, how God is taking care of us. Today's readings underscore the fact that God is constantly speaking to us through prophets. But sometimes they come to us in ways that are unfamiliar, as we heard 
in our reading. This is a time when we are looking in one direction for answers to how we move forward, and the way forward is from often from those we overlook. The person sitting next to us in the pew, the lowly staff member we pass by each day at work, and the child in our midst, raising questions as to why adults cannot act like children and work together in our differences and COVID suffering. The boy prophet Jeremiah felt that he could not speak for God because of his age, and God demonstrated how he can take whoever, however young we are, and become that vessel to deliver us if we just listen. In today's gospel, Luke offers us the prophetic Jesus that can amaze as he did the people of his hometown and at the same time stirred them to anger or rage when he challenges, when he challenged them to hear the prophets of God also coming for the people who have been marginalized for those experiencing generations of we live in a time when rage can get in the way of seeing that we are at our strongest when we see the God in the other and value the people least like us and treat them as if they were us. the television series This Is Us. Reflect deep stories about a diversity of people but draws us into their lives because each story is a human story. Indeed, a takeaway from this gripping series of narratives is to teach us how much we share as a human family amid these insignificant differences if we listen. Perhaps the prophet's messages and this modern-day message all lead us to the basic fact that we are all God's children. And when we learn how to love each other, we will live. We are living in a time of reckoning as to our survival. Every day we are reminded that each day we allow hate to thrive. It chisels away at our civilization, ourselves, our souls, and our very bodies. And on this day of annual meeting, when we choose new leaders and pass new budgets, we must ask ourselves the fundamental question, what does God require of us? The prophet Micah answered us in chapter 6 of his writing that we are to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. And while we do a lot as the church, if we cannot allow 
the love we claim to break through a broken, hateful world, then we will lose even more relevance as a church body in the 21st century. On this day of annual meeting, let's renew ourselves and say to God, open my eyes so that I can see that you are with us in this troubling time, leading us out of this pain. I still believe that God will never leave us alone, and we must be a stronger force of love in the world, letting our light shine even brighter as we pray and work for a deliverance from this period of sin, of ignorance and ridiculousness. Our guiding light in all that we do must be in love. For if the Apostle Paul, with all his human flaws, like us, which he claimed, understood that if we do not have love, then all this stuff that we do here at St. Luke's is worthless. In this beautiful piece of writing that is more than a nice passage for weddings, Paul is very clear that if we speak in tongues of human and angels and have prophetic powers and have faith to move mountains, but we cannot show love, we are nothing. If we gather here at St. Luke's week after week and have all these ministries and programs and services without loving the people who serve, then we are just shells behind stained glass. If we cannot lead from a place of love, then we have failed the very name of the one in whose name we stand. And if we give away our nice clothes and food to crossroads and give our time to charity to boast, then we gain nothing. And if we develop fine worship and preaching and perfect our choir to sound how we think the angels in heaven must sound, but there is no love and reflection of it in our lives, then we fail to reach the mark of that high calling. Hate in our world and church will just not disappear if we do not be a stronger, if we're not a stronger force of love to extinguish the hate that is killing us. It is not enough to talk about love, but we must let love get all in our bones and every fiber of us so that the world can distinguish us and become the countercultural body that Jesus calls us to be. And the songwriter said that they, the world, will know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they will know we are Christians by our love. I thought a lot about my mother's words at the beginning of this pandemic, that she will trust in the Lord till she dies. And I'm inviting every one of you in these times just to trust, just to trust in the Lord until you die. And I can hear her. I can hear her sing. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I am going to trust in the Lord. I am going to trust 
in the Lord till I die. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I am going to trust in the Lord. I am going to trust in the Lord until I die. Amen, church.